From somewhere in Northeast Indiana, Mike Davidson lives. And now your host of the podcast, Mike Davidson. Well, yes, Mr. Rob Roop, thank you very much. I am the aforementioned Mike Davidson and uh, kicking off here to the podcast. Thank you very much for joining me again this week. I know it's been hard for a couple of reasons, uh, one of which includes the breakup of uh, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. We're all devastated that uh, this thing only lasted nine months, and it's it's been kind of hard to get on with the weekend, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I am a little disappointed by that, by the way, because uh, well, that was announced late Friday, early Saturday. Uh, it's been two whole days. Haven't heard crap from Kanye. And I was kind of hoping... Look, I really don't give a crap about the... Uh, the actual relationship, uh, just any opportunity for uh, Kanye West to lose his crap is always entertaining for everyone. Nothing so far. Maybe he's building up to something. Maybe maybe he's building the suspense because he knows what we want. But then again, Kanye does not know what he wants. But uh, that's kaput. Uh, I was able to enjoy the weekend on a, on a serious sad note. 94 years young, Vin Scully no longer with us, the legendary baseball broadcaster. Uh, 67 years with the Los Angeles Dodgers doing radio broadcasts for them. Uh, did some television nationally as well. Uh, 67 years with one friggin' franchise. He retired back in 2016. Uh, but is in time with them as well as with broadcast television. Uh, I think in 1955, he was the youngest broadcaster to ever do a World Series game at the age of 25. Uh, he did call Hank Aaron's record, all time, uh, his uh, record-breaking home run record, 714, I believe. That was once held by Babe Ruth. Uh, he called Kirk Gibson's magical home run game one of the 88 World Series where he's hobbling around the bases. Just phenomenal. In fact, he did like 25 World Series total. In his career, 14 All-Star games, 18 no-hitters, and three, count them, three perfect games. Uh, and just to show you how rare that is, in uh, the long history of Major League Baseball, I think only 23 perfect games have been thrown. He called three of those. Pretty interesting career, great career. Vince Gulley definitely missed that. And I'm not just blowing smoke about that either, because you look at a guy like him, very distinct voice, a lot of character, Knew the game, loved the game. Now, he's a radio guy. Not as vain as your television guys, say, like a Joe Buck, who, okay, he's got some talent, but I don't think that's what annoys people about him. It's uh, the van vanity thing. And he recently posted on his, uh, was it Instagram or Twitter account, uh, that he was getting uh, his hair plugs redone for the upcoming NFL season because him and uh, Troy Aikman are not going to be doing Monday Night Football, I think, for ESPN. And uh, <laughs> I don't think any of the old school guys are really concerned about hair, but Joe Buck is. And it, it kind of makes you roll your eyes and shake your head, man, because uh, we could use more Vince Scully's. I think, like, the, to me, anyway, the last great active sports broadcaster of the old school rank. And this guy, uh, about 20-odd years younger than Vince Scully, would be Al Michaels, still doing his thing. Uh, but he's probably going to be uh, hanging it up here in the not-too-distant future. Now, it was a fun weekend for the family because uh, we're just hot off the heels of my, both my wife and my oldest daughter's birthday. They share a birthday. 
uh, this past weekend up here in Northeast Indiana, a friend of hers and her husband took the three of us out on Lake Wawasee, which is the largest natural body of water in the state of Indiana, freshwater lake, beautiful, got to do that, got to go out on the sandbar, uh, my wife loved it, Lana loved it too, and uh, when we got off the boat, when she was walking the dock, going back to the car, she goes, that was a great adventure, it felt like summer doing that, man, and yeah, I had like four beers on that speedboat, it was awesome, and um, I, I kind of kept, Hazel's doing well, by the way, she and I hung out for a little bit yesterday before we went on the boat ride, but she still looked too young. Um, took her out to get some uh, books and stuff. But uh, something I was keeping under wraps is our youngest, Logan. Uh, not a big deal because this was outpatient surgery and we knew that this was going to happen. Uh, but we had to get his uh, his herniated belly button fixed. So uh, he went in for the surgery, I think, Wednesday. Everything went well. He got stitched up, bandaged up. They put him under uh, anesthesia to get it done. Wife said he did well. Doctor said he did well. But the thing is, uh, I don't, and this is just kind of proof that doctors don't know everything. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. But, I mean, my son's one years old, and he's got a high motor. He has to go and do things. He has to be on the move constantly. And after surgery, they said, okay, uh, for the next week or so, your son's not allowed to lift things, carry things, run, climb, jump or roughhouse, and that's basically 95% of Logan's daily activity, if you, uh, I mean, I think the the 5% is like eating and pooping, but everything else is just getting into crap, and what happens when we get home, and, and, and they also said, uh, it'll probably be a week before he's back to normal, and we're thinking, okay, you know, just hours after the surgery, he's going to be a little groggy with the anesthesia and everything, right? No, within an hour of being home, he's climbing up the stairs again, and my wife's like, oh my God, no, no, no. And he's been like this all throughout the week. He's pretty much back to normal. Uh, we are keeping an eye on things, but yeah, kids don't really follow doctor's orders all that well, and that's kind of a good thing. It's not like an adult that uh, doesn't follow doctor's orders, and oh, okay, you want me to you know eat less red meat, and I'm going to McDonald's after the checkup. No, it's not like that at all, but uh, Logan's doing well. The entire family's doing well. And uh, I am enjoying Better Call Saul. Only two more episodes or one more episode remaining, depending on when you're listening to this. Last week, it happened. Uh, the cameo appearances of both Walter White, Brian Cranston, and Jesse Pinkman, Aaron Paul. And I enjoyed it, but uh, <laughs> it was kind of funny seeing the reaction. And I noticed this watching the episode. Uh, Brian Cranston has no problem playing Walter White. I mean, the guy's just a phenomenal actor. Yeah, I mean, he won four four Emmys playing this role, right? And Aaron Paul's a great actor, too, and he's aged well. But here's the thing. He's 42 now, and he's trying to play 20-something-year-old Jesse Pinkman. And uh, a lot of people noticed that on social media, and he kind of uh, took jabs at that. And I, I didn't really have too much of a problem with it myself. Uh, you know, even though his voice sounded a little deeper, I think he might have had a cold or something. But I'm, I'm thinking back to some things that I enjoyed watching, like Goodfellas, Martin Scorsese. It's like a top five movie of all time, right? And you've got guys like De Niro and Pesci, who are obviously older, trying to play 20, 30-something-year-old mob guys <laughs> throughout the movie. And you know they're not 20 or 30-something-year-old mob guys. But for, for the sake of the role, for the sake of the movie, it works. Uh, the Old Western, uh, The Man Who Shot Liberty Valance, directed by John Ford, black and white, back in the early 60s. 
It kind of gives it a noirish feel. Great Western, one of my favorite movies also. Uh, but John Wayne and uh, Jimmy Stewart and Lee Marvin were playing characters that were supposed to be in their 20s. And those guys were in their 50s and 60s. And I think the black and white was to kind of uh, to hide the fact that they were aging, even though that really didn't do a good job of that. So not, not too much of a problem with that. I have a bigger problem with, though, is it Liberty Tax Service? They're suing Better Call Saul. Uh, because, uh, apparently on one episode, there's a tax service called Sweet Liberty Tax Service, and they're thinking people are going to get them confused, so this is, like, infringing on the trademark, blah, blah, blah. Like, I want to say this, uh, if you have to rely on giant inflatables to get people into your, uh, to your tax offices, or, uh, a guy flipping around a sign, you're paying $12 an hour dressed as Uncle Sam with Statue of Liberty saying, hey, get, get your taxes done here. You're probably not on the up and up anyway. You don't need a cable show to ruin your rep. Uh, but that's kind of a, a problem that the show's dealing with right now, and I guess AMC as well. But uh, yeah, screw Liberty Tax. Or, yeah, Liberty Tax Service. Yeah, and maybe they'll sue me. Uh, Brittany Griner, uh, the, the sentence out in Russia came down. She's going to spend nine, nine and a half years in a uh, penal colony uh, for um, possessing a small dosage of uh, marijuana she got caught she goes oh i didn't know and of course it uh, just didn't play well at all and so she's going to be there unless a trade could happen and i said this last week in the podcast uh, look unless you can find a coked out russian hockey player or a stoner russian soccer player in the penal system here in the state side to trade for uh it's going to be a bad trade no matter what happens because they were offering up uh, the merchant of death for her and I agree that it's excessive to punish somebody for having a small amount of marijuana, but this isn't California, this isn't Michigan, this isn't Illinois, this is Russia. It's not part of the United States. They don't play nice over there. Russia's had a history of putting people in jail for all sorts of minor things. I mean, if it's, it's been a thing going on for centuries over there. Uh, so unless uh, you can find a way without giving away the store to bring her back. She's probably not coming back until her sentence is done. Unless, of course, there's a trade that really pisses off everybody. Now, everybody gets pissed off about everything nowadays. Uh, and even Queen Bee is not... She is not above criticism. She once was. Now she isn't. Queen Bee being Beyonce... Uh, I guess she put out her new album, Renaissance, and uh, there's already already been some uh, questions about it. Uh, if she's been using songs from other people, um, all sorts of things. But uh, the big controversy uh, this past go-around from it uh, is the use of the word spaz. And, it's, uh, and I guess Lizzo ran into this six months back. Spaz, uh, and uh, I didn't know this. It is not just something Valley Girls came up with in the 80s to talk about somebody who spaces out and forgets stuff. Apparently, this is a derogatory term to anybody that's dealing with cerebral palsy. Never heard that connection in my life, but now it's uh, it's a thing, and they're saying what she did was ableist. And normally, I, I don't think that Beyonce, I've got my fair share of criticisms about her. I don't think she's going out of her way to uh, go after somebody with cerebral palsy. Because you'd just be an absolute a-hole if you did that. Uh, 
but I can't really defend her because she has now gone back and replaced the lyric in the questionable song. They've already fixed it, or uh, they are in the process of fixing it. Uh, so she is caved under the um, under the Wokarati, who are just dismayed that uh, she used the word spaz, even though, even though, uh, I imagine a lot of the people upset with her for using that word didn't realize that that was a problem until somebody else put it on Twitter, and of course they've got to get angry about it. And um, look, I my brother. My younger brother, Jacob, he's 38 years old. He lives with my parents down in southern Indiana. He is mentally handicapped, okay? Like, he has got, I mean, he, great guy, love the guy. Uh, saw him a few weeks ago uh, when I was visiting my parents. And, uh, you know, he's he's got the basic understanding of somebody who is five or six years old. He's, he's smart in his own way, but there's some things he can't really comprehend as well. Very likable dude. Uh, and that's... It, that is a talent I am jealous of. He's actually got a, a, a charisma about him that makes people like him, where people will see me and they're like, oh, God, do I have to talk to him? Um, but but Jacob, very cool guy. Love him. And, and kids that went to school with him back at Warren Central love them too. Most kids, anyway. I and Because we, cause I'm not an idiot. And my brother's certainly not an idiot. Uh, you know, going to public school, you know when somebody doesn't like you. And you know when they say hurtful things, namely the R word. Yeah, you know that one. Uh, and, and I'll say it in the context that it was meant to be originally. The word retarded meant, you know, slowed. You know, when, you, when you're trying to slow things down or a little slower than usual. And... Clinically, it was used to describe somebody back in the day who had mental handicaps. But because people are a-holes, they took that word and made it into the slur. And, of course, I'm sure my brother has heard that slur a time or six or twelve in his life. A very forgiving dude, but he also has feelings, and he doesn't like, I'm sure he doesn't like being called that. Um, now, he's been involved in Special Olympics, right? Um, and I was involved in Special Olympics, uh, trying to help fundraising back in Kokomo back in the day. Um, one thing that got me kind of gritting my teeth, and again, it's not because I'm a fan of the word, mind you, but there was a campaign with Special Olympics where they were trying to ban the R word. And there was a pledge to, you know, stop saying the R word. Of course, I don't really say it, um, but... It, Little side note: If I know somebody says something is stupid, and they say, "Oh, that's R," I, and they don't know anything, I don't say anything. Or if they do know about my brother, they go, "Oh, dude, I'm sorry." And I, you know, I'm like, "Hey, that's okay. I know you didn't mean anything. You know, I did. I, I don't turn into this woke witch hunt. It's just like, okay, you messed up. Fine, I accept your apology. I know you didn't mean anything by it. Move on." But going back to the Special Olympics thing, you know, there's this pledge. And what got me gritting my teeth about it was not the fact, again, that I'm a fan of this word or anything like that. I'm not. Uh, and I get why it's offensive. But I also know people. And even if you were to ban this word, the R word, there are still going to be people that are going to try to make themselves feel bigger than other people. And they will do things like demean people with mental handicaps or physical disabilities by saying other words, turning other words into slurs, or doing something completely patronizing 
to belittle, belittle them. It happens because, again, people can be jerks. And that's why I kind of gritted my teeth. It's like, okay, you ban this one word, but what's how is that going to change somebody's attitude toward these athletes? If anything, you know, you can't really change a lot of attitudes for people that are going to be a-holes. But you should always try to make the athletes at Special Olympics feel empowered. And so I, I'm more of the like, you know, okay, let's just build up their esteem, get them to compete and just show them, hey, look, I can do these, this stuff. I don't care what other people say. That, that's my whole take on that. But, uh, you know, going back to, to the, the spaz usage, I don't think anybody really made the connection between that and spaz. And what's really interesting about this is how quickly they've changed the word here. Because this got me thinking, and they did this, I guess, uh, again with uh, Lizzo's song six months prior to this Beyonce controversy. Everything now is on a cloud, right? Like, you don't go to a store anymore to buy CDs. That's passe. Uh, you might go to the store to buy a Blu-ray of a new movie you like, or maybe a classic movie, but a lot of stuff is streamed now on uh, Netflix, Disney+, Plus, Paramount+, Plus, HBO Max, blah, 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 blah. I mean, there's like 37 different streaming services out there. You can, uh, you know, check things out online. You can read books online. You don't need physical copies of anything anymore. Everything is on a hard drive. Everything is given to you through a server. And Beyonce was able to make this change pretty quick. This one word. Doesn't seem like a small, a, a big thing. But this got me thinking, okay, if they can do this with this one word, and get this changed so quickly. They can do this with practically any song now. You know how uh, Dire Straits, Money for Nothing, the long extended cut, eight minutes long, and it's got the uh, the one slur that uh, not very popular in the gay community, even though when given the context of why it's being used in the song, it totally works, because it's basically make, make, making fun out of people who make fun out of rock stars. Well... Who's to say that Spotify couldn't go in and change that? Or change any words? You get what I mean? So they could sh start changing the words of songs that just don't reflect the culture of today. They can start changing everything about songs. They can start doing this with television and movies. I mean, you no longer have to have the warning saying this was made in a different time. You have to understand the context. You can do deep fakes. You could change books. You could change the way books were written. Well... This was different. This was a different time. We need we need to kill a mockingbird or Huck Finn to reflect the times we live in. I mean, that Ray Bradbury, free, free speech only worked in his day because, well, we weren't around then and uh, we can't tolerate it now. So that's kind of the danger with everything being on the cloud is now that uh, very... We, we've gotten away from basically the internet being the Gutenberg press and everybody having a, a free reign at whatever to, okay, we're going to give uh, these streaming platforms all the power. And uh, if they wanted to, they could go and edit stuff. And it was pretty easy for Beyonce to do that. It wasn't like 500,000 of these albums got sold via CD and uh, it's ultra rare now. The song has been altered. So... Just food for thought as they're editing these things and as the woke karate kind of gain a, uh, a a victory here. Uh, I don't know if there's anything woke about this, uh, but Batgirl got canceled. Uh, the new uh, Warner Brothers movie, I guess, because 
uh, Discovery bought out Warner Brothers and they're trying to streamline everything. Like Warner Brothers, I have no idea why it is given the the size of their catalog and how many properties those freaking guys own. Uh, but they're a freaking dumpster fire. They're going to get rid of HBO Max and replace it with something next year. Uh, but they're going through things. And Batgirl, which costs like $90 million to make, uh, and it needs post-production stuff done to it, uh, they're not even going to release that. That starts, I guess, uh, from getting the, the actress's name. Uh, but Brandon Frazier's the bad guy in this. J.K. Simmons is in it. I think Michael Keaton was supposed to make an appearance. Not happening. And, and I guess Discovery's saying we can save money by not releasing it. And I guess the test screening was just god-awful. God-awful. Uh, but there's like this campaign online to get this movie released regardless regardless uh from these uh fans that were looking forward to seeing batgirl the movie even though now that does not look like it's likely it's it's probably more it's it's probably easier to get the roger corman fantastic four from like 1990 screened than it's going to be batgirl uh it does seem like an odd move to cancel it but i guess the test screenings for this movie were historically bad from what I read in some re, uh, some news sources. But it's not being reported in all news sources. And I read this like in Entertainment Weekly. It's not like some fringe gossip site. Entertainment Weekly is fairly mainstream as far as that goes. But a lot of news sources are like, well, this is unfair that Batgirl got canceled. Well, if it's garbage, it's garbage. If they don't think they're going to make money, they're not going to make money. Remember, Morbius got released uh, by Sony a second time because they thought, oh, this Twitter campaign's great. We're going to make more money. And uh, they were embarrassed by the returns on that. So I don't know what's going on with this movie. Uh, Kevin Smith is implying that because the lead actress was Latina that there might be something racial to it. But uh, Kevin Smith pretty much wiped his ass with He-Man and can't get away from Jay and Silent Bob like he said he was after Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back, you know, 15, 17 years ago. So, uh, I, I, <laughs> he's he's like this obnoxious fanboy, and I know I'm an obnoxious fanboy, but I mean, he's, he's a creator, but a fanboy, and he'll critique other projects, but when people critique his project, he throws a fit... And uh, he just says, you know, hey, these fans need to chill out. No, dude, you need to shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. I don't think anybody knows what they're talking about because nobody knows how bad Batgirl was. Um, but I would love, I would love to know more about the test screenings. I don't know if we can get bootleg footage, but I mean, I can't imagine Brendan Fraser, who's a little out of shape and a little older, being a formidable villain for her to fight Batgirl. So that's on the shelf. Also being shelved. It's kind of funny. Um, because we're told by the media we need more vegan options at restaurants, right? I'm not sure that's the case. And look, I don't like dogging on vegans or vegetarians. I'm an omnivore. I'll eat whatever's put in front of me. I mean, I'll eat meat. I'll eat vegetables, fruits, uh, whatever. I'm not much of a picky eater, unlike my two daughters. Uh, but uh, there's been this push the last couple of years to do more impossible meats, impossible burgers, and impossible dogs, impossible chicken. You know, Burger King's doing this. Uh, you know, KFC's doing this. Blah 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 blah. Well, it was announced this week that uh, Cracker Barrel is going to have impossible sausage on the menu, 
And of course, the old fogies that saw this said it was woke, and they're not going to, you know, they're going to boycott, boycott Cracker Barrel for putting this, even though they're not getting rid of actual sausage. They're just going to have, you know, vegan sausage, I guess, on the menu now. And of course, those who are, I guess, woke were like, well, <laughs> those guys are just babies. We're, we're happy they're doing this. Uh, we're going to get tables there. It's going to be great. And I looked at both camps. I'm like, okay, the old people, they're not going to boycott Cracker Barrel because it's Cracker Barrel. They love it. And the young people who never ate at Cracker Barrel before, they're not going to eat there because, well, it's Cracker Barrel. Okay. This will, I, I don't think it's going to have an effect on their bottom line either way. Maybe in terms of, you know, cost and shipping and all that stuff. It was just like a couple of years ago. When they announced uh, Cracker Barrel, and I don't know if they still do because uh, I've only done this once. They started serving alcohol at Cracker Barrel, like beer. And I remember ordering a beer at Cracker Barrel, and it cost me like four bucks, and it was basically a glass in a can. That was it. Like, I poured my beer into the glass. <laughs> I was expecting something from the tap. Uh, when I go to Cracker Barrel, I don't think beer. I mean, if I go to Applebee's or Buffalo Wild Wings, yeah. Cracker Barrel, no. And I don't think Impossible Sausage anywhere I eat. I don't see these hipsters going in a Cracker Barrel to eat amongst the old people that are griping about something they won't touch anyway. So, I don't know. I don't understand what the big deal is. And, by the way, it's not sausage. If it's vegan, it's it's basically a salad patty. Uh, but I find it interesting that uh, Cracker Barrel's making this big announcement about this, uh, considering that this week McDonald's has said adios to its Impossible Burger, the uh, the vegan option. They're getting rid of it because I guess it's just not making any money. I guess one person, one inside source said it's McDonald's. And quietly, there are a lot of restaurants that are kind of uh, brushing that off to the side. Like I think KFC and uh, Taco Bell are among those. But there are restaurants that are kind of quietly distancing themselves from Impossible, uh, the Impossible brand. And I guess Impossible Burgers took, uh, or Impossible, whatever the hell they call themselves, they took like a 5% hit in the stock market this past week. It's not doing as well as everybody thought it would. And that's the thing, is like the media has been trying to sell you on a vegan diet, and a lot of people just aren't buying into it. And it's not to say that there aren't vegans and that vegans are terrible people. It's just that I think vegans have their own way of eating, you know, making their own food. Uh, so if they want to have a bean burger, they'll fry one up at home uh, with, uh, with uh, vegan oils and whatnot. They'll have salads. They're not going to go, well, you know, I've been avoiding McDonald's all this time and they've been, uh, you know, slaughtering cows, which I'm against. So I'm just going to go there and eat a vegan burger that's being served on the same griddle that they're basically frying up the burgers on. It's lip service and it's just not paying off and it's not converting anybody that likes meat. It's just it's just pointless. So I'm not losing any sleep over Cracker Barrel offering up this vegan sausage because I know that the old people aren't going to boycott and the young people who are uh, hipsters and don't like Cracker Barrel aren't going to just say, oh, I, all is forgiven. I'm going to go into Cracker Barrel. That's just not how that works. Um, one more uh, thing kind of going off of movies here. Um, and I guess there was kind of a blow up. Uh, John Leguizamo, uh, you know, it kind of hit or miss with his stuff. Like I... He, he's a little much like Jim Carrey at times, but I do find him to be enjoyable in some things. 
I guess he's pissed because uh, James Franco, uh, for an upcoming movie, has been cast as Fidel Castro, and uh, with Leguizamo, he's like, he ain't Latino. He, we, he, they, you need a Latino to play uh, Fidel Castro. And uh, he later clarified, "Hey, look, man, I I love James Franco. I don't hate him, but it's just that you know, you know, back in the day, Latinos didn't get the roles uh, that they should have. And to a certain extent, John Leguizamo is right. Um, but on the other hand, Fidel Castro was a piece of shit, and I don't mind saying that because uh, he replaced one bad leader and became a bad leader himself and oppressed a lot of people." pressed a lot of dissidents and so i really don't care uh what the ethnicity of the actor is who plays uh fidel castro all i know is i would not want to live in a country run by fidel castro and plus yeah uh, john leguizamo played a drag queen in two wong fu thanks for everything julie namar as far as i know uh leguizamo is not an actual dra dra uh, drag queen i don't think he's gay he also played luigi an italian in the super mario brothers movie I don't know if that really pisses off a lot of Italians. I know that Chris Pratt being Mario in an upcoming movie is pissing off a lot of Italians. But, I mean, John, it's it's Hollywood. It's pretend. Don't get worked up about it, man. Uh, it's, it's not all racist. <laughs> I don't think it is, anyway. I don't care because it's Fidel Castro, and like I said, he's a, he's a piece of shit. So that's, uh, that's enough ranting about everything for one night, one week. Uh, so, you know, take care of yourselves, and until the next episode, stay fresh. You've been listening to Mike Davidson Live. Be sure to check him out on social media. Like him at Facebook.com backslash M. Davidson Live. Follow him on Twitter. Look for at Davidson Live.